Hello and welcome to the Man O'Clock Show, the podcast that tackles men's mental health with gusto and your morning organic soy decaf turmeric latte. If fewer side effects than your old man's Groot 33. I'm your host, Nick Mayer, your Sherpa through this bout rage of life. The guy your dog admires and your cat. Well, he thinks I'm overrated. And I'm clearly very broken up about that. Because, frankly, I think he's a fat Anyway, moving along. Great show we have planned for today. I am a wee little bit excited. He is, uh, well, let me just... Oh my God, I need some coffee. He, being Andrew Ward, or Wardy, to his mates, is a remarkable man, and I'm very excited to be able to talk with him today. And, uh, oh, well, there you go. He, uh, he's a swimmer, an ocean swimmer, hits the jaws. He is a remarkable man that has done a lot in the space of men's mental health. And from his own lived experience, he has created a charity by the name of Head Above Water, which is, well, it's, it's in response to the high suicide rate, particularly on the Sydney's northern beaches and so he's created this mission if you like to help get people in the water swimming being active and setting up a community as well he has done a remarkable job doing this which has been going for about five years he has been quite active on LinkedIn hence our contact I am in the floor of the man o'clock towers and we'll try and find him in a moment but uh yeah he'll introduce himself and and tell us all about what he's doing with head above water plus his own lived experience of mental health and actually going into a facility to get some treatment all this in amongst doing a very senior role with a very large multinational company which he has such an impressive background if you do happen to look at him on LinkedIn, which I encourage you to do so. Let's go find him, shall we? He's going to be here. There he is. I can see him. Okay, and we've found Andrew. Let's pop into the elevator. Oh, <laughs> and the elevator music. All right, mate, over to you for your elevator pitch. I'm Andrew Ward from Head Above Water. The founder of a charity which was established back in 2018. And we started this charity to look at what could we do to, you know, help people on the northern beaches initially with mental health and to help reduce suicide. Yep. And since we've started, we've been fortunate enough to raise, you know, over $650,000, which has been donated to programs and our um, workshops and to help people not just on the northern beaches now, but across the community in Australia. Yep. Cool. All right, so that's the pitch. We can get out of the elevator now. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, thank you very much for that. I've, I've been wanting to get you on this show for, for a while and just fascinated with what you do with Head Above Water. 
so in terms of your personal journey with mental health, is that something that you're able to share with us with your journey? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I sort of faced my own challenges probably back in 2018. And after being in a not a great work environment and my wife going through some pretty significant health challenges, I sort of you know came crashing down. And that really led me to creating the organisation. And I guess for me, you know, I was very lucky. I had a lot of, you know, unconditional love, I guess you could say, a lot of support and a really good network. You know, I'm reasonably affluent, I guess, like a lot of us on the Northern Beaches, but <laughs> there's, there's a lot of people who aren't that fortunate. And the mental health system can be very challenging to navigate, particularly if you're on the spectrum or if you've, you've got a significant challenge. Yep. And then I thought, what could I do to make a difference? For me, it was around activity and around community. And there's a lot of research done that, you know, moderate exercise definitely helped. But for me, the thing for me is community. Um, and the community's there. Sometimes you just need to look for it and uh, you need to understand you're not alone. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And I love that phrase, you're not alone. So that's that's fantastic. Thank you. And you, you touched on exercise as as a well a remedy to help offset the, the depression side of things as well. What are some of the strategies that you've adopted since twenty eighteen when you when you did come crashing down? Was it just swimming that you did or the engagement with the community? Obviously two very important things for you. What mm. what other strategies mm. were were effective for you or was it purely just getting that that charity up and running oh look i think for me funny enough when i started the charity and put this together i mean i'd only been a very short time out of the clinic i actually went into Northside clinic for yep. quite a few weeks yep so it'd be fair to say i probably still wasn't in a great headspace but yep. i certainly put in some pillars yep and some of those pillars were some meditation which i've never really done before yep you know, I think whenever you go through anything quite significant, suffering from depression or anxiety or whatever it might be, it's really hard to to get back into exercise. Yeah. But for me, it was really important. And sometimes that exercise is not flogging yourself and not beating yourself up when you're not doing something. It's about also doing it with other people because that does motivate you. And that's what I mean by that community. I was very lucky we're heavily involved in, you know, surfing and swimming and involved in Collaroy Swim Club. Yep. So for me, there was a bit of purpose, which I think is really important. And also, I had a lot of people trying to help me to get motivated. So that was helpful too. Yep. You know, um, not everybody has that, I guess, unconditional support and love. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. Totally. And back to the Northside Clinic, I know it quite well when I, my time in Sydney. So how did you become aware that you were were probably sliding if we go upstream from your, your your initial to the clinic what were you know some of the the signs that you saw in yourself or was it other people that that saw it happening can you talk us through that i'm fascinated with yeah that, sure that that period of um, time good question look it, i think in reflection i can see it now but at the time i didn't you yeah, know i was yeah. working crazy hours you know when i say crazy hours you know 50 60 hours a week it's probably not unusual for some people but very late at night um i was completely almost obsessed on work and unfortunately at the time not really focusing on the family and and as you probably know certainly when you when you are like that and you've got some of those challenges you, you get very self-centered yep. so you know luckily for me uh, even though my wife didn't know how to quite manage it and she was you know struggling with her own health you know we, we were very lucky we had a good family doctor 
uh, who's got a lot of experience in mental health, uh, who I also know through the swimming club and doctor for all of our kids. Yep. So they were able to navigate on getting me into Northside. And I think at the time when I look back, there's no doubt, I, there's no way I could have potentially facilitated that. You know, I was diagnosed with acute anxiety and clinical depression. Yep. And I think that acute anxiety for me was very much environmental. Yep. It's not something yep. I really suffer with uh, long-term, I don't think, or in the past. But I was very lucky. I had family, good doctor, and my wife specifically, who was able to get me into Northside, which at the time had only just been open, so it was very hard to get into. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and look, obviously, being privileged enough to have private health insurance yeah. certainly helps. There's no yeah. doubt about that. Yeah. You know, that definitely helped. Yeah, and... So you you mentioned you're in there for a couple of weeks. Is that right, or was it longer than that? Yeah, yeah. Is there ongoing? Well, well, normally you're three weeks, but I was in there more like four to five weeks. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, and I was in there a bit longer, probably for two reasons. I mean, I didn't think I needed to be there that long, but <laughs> I think for my wife, it probably wasn't a bad idea because of what she was trying to manage: three yep. kids, yeah, and her own health. Yeah. But it certainly. Um, was probably good I was there for a little bit longer than normal because it gave me time to reflect, probably give my wife a bit of space. Yeah. You know, and as you as when you're in those facilities too, as you know, you you definitely get good care. Mm. You know, you're you're watched, yep. they they check your blood pressure, you you know, they do blood tests and I think you you know, when you're in those facilities you've got sort of health clinicians on tap, so to speak. Yep. So yep. it's a fortunate position to be in, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Was there a defining moment that was the trigger to go to Northside? Do you recall? Yeah, there was. There was probably a moment, moment at work, which I won't go into too much, but, yeah, it, it almost felt like a bit of a sensory overload. Mm. I think, you know, probably feeling that and then sort of reaching out to my wife, uh, and I remember the moment really well, that was probably a bit of a tipping point. But even yeah. then, I probably didn't feel like I needed to go into a clinic or anything, you know, because yeah. obviously yeah. Northside and some of those clinics are voluntary. But I think I was encouraged to, and I think that when I did get there, I probably could see it. Although there was people in there probably in a far worse position than me, it's fair to say. And I went into the general mental health ward. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. different, different yeah. levels you can go into. Yeah, there was probably a defining moment at work. Yeah. But I think... When I talk to my wife about it, and even my kids are very open about it. I mean, they're still quite young, but there's definitely moments I can look back now, which were really obvious yep. now, but probably not so much for me then. Yeah. Are you able to expand on some of those those things that were part of the depression that was more outward? Was there certain behaviours or uh, that you were engaging in, like overeating food or, or drinking? Was there oh, something yeah, there? At, yeah. I, probably, I mean, I do like a drink, but I probably I would say I've never abused alcohol. And when I did go into the clinic, I was very lucky that I was one of the few people with no substance abuse. Yeah. Because unfortunately, yep. Yep. substance abuse and mental health goes hand in hand. Yep. Yep. I, look, I think it was things like not being present, not going to things like when my, one of my young blokes was at Olympic Park at state swimming and I was not far away working and just didn't go. Yep. Uh, there's things like, and I'm. I wouldn't say, well, I guess I could say I'm a bit ashamed of this when I look at it now, but there were certainly important doctor's appointments for my wife I should have been at and yep. I just didn't go yep. because in that state of mind at the time, I thought work was more important, which clearly yep. it wasn't yep. or it shouldn't be. Yep. So, yeah, there were some moments like that which are really obvious now, but probably not so much at the time. Yeah. No, you, ha you you got like the blinkers on when, when you're in that sort of field of fog or whatever, however you describe it. 
Yeah, so that's that's understandable. I, I don't think it's you know it's it's a regret, but I don't think you should feel ashamed of that if you know that's the state of mind that you're in. You just don't correct don't know. So yeah, yeah I was just curious to to pinpoint that because the thing that I'm finding with a lot of men in particular is that they they're not aware of those signs of depression or acute anxiety or whatever it might be. So I was just curious to touch on what you know what it is from your own experience that you found that was uh, quite evident in that, yeah. that slide down, if you like. Look, the other thing too is by nature, I'm probably an extrovert and pretty gregarious. Um, there were times leading up to sort of when I had that moment at work and then when I was off work for a short period of time before going to the clinic that I did feel a bit detract, uh, detached yep. from the family and friends. Yep. And I can remember some moments where I think I went to one of the AFL games, one of the kids and, I sort of stood away from everyone, which is very unusual for me. Um, yeah, yep. Like I said, I've you know always helping out, have coached before, and yeah, by nature, I'm probably a bit of an extrovert. So yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. But at the time, I probably didn't have the ability to deal with yep. it, so yep. I, I did recognise it. Yeah. 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 Yep. It's funny that, isn't it, that you do? You're aware it that is. you're doing it, but there's there's just a, a disconnect between being able to control it. And, and, and I think that's definitely one of the signs we talk about in the mental health first aid training is that one of those signs is that sense of withdrawing from social activities or, or being part of that community, which is obviously the thing that's really helped you bring you back. So now if, if you're okay with it, if we could talk about your time at, at Northside, what were some of the things that you think helped turn you around? Was it any programs that they had or was it diet related or what were some of the things that you recall that really helped shift you back to reality if you like um oh look uh, just just on the food side i actually lost probably 10 kilos before i went in because i wasn't eating oh right um, but let me tell let me tell you if you're ever fortunate to go to Northside, the food is very good there. Okay. <laughs> and and I certainly put it back on when I got there because I was eating yeah. a lot, but I also was yeah. exercising. I had a gym there, so I probably yeah. exercised every day. Yeah, which was right, good. okay. Yep. Look, there was a couple of key things in there, I think. I think when you go into something like that, you're surrounded by other people going through a significant challenge in their life, whether it's an eating disorder, whether it's a yeah. personality disorder, or or sometimes people are just changing medication and they have to go into a clinic. You actually realise you're not alone. Yeah. You know, I mentioned that earlier. So I think, yeah. number one, you're not alone. Uh, there's other people facing these challenges. And I don't know if I'd use the word normalisation, but there is sort of some sort of realisation that this is not uncommon. Yeah. I think once you get through the, the stark reality, you're in something like that, and the first few days can be challenging once you surrender yourself, and I think that's really important to understand, you do need to surrender and let yep. go, you then realise that other people have these challenges. So by nature, like anything, a bit like in work or life when you're networking, you can have shared experiences and you can talk about people who might be going through something similar. You might deal with it differently. Mm. So I think that's that's number one. That was really important. Number two, look, there's no doubt some, some techniques and workshops they do in there or whatever you want to call it, lessons, yep. Yep. having structure and having some pillars in your life, having some routine is very important. There's some things I have I probably don't do anymore, which I need to get back on track. Yep. But I think having a sense of purpose and some routine is really important. Yep. And I think when you are facing, you know, whether it's depression or anxiety or some other mental health issue, having some of those fundamentals in place is even more important. Yep. 
So that was a big lesson for me. I mean, I'm just trying to think back some of the other things we, we did. I mean, going back to that surrendering is really hard but important. Yep. Because I think when you don't surrender, you're not being honest with yourself. Yep. So I think for me, one of the things I learned out of that, and we try and teach with our kids, because all kids go up and down through their own challenges, yeah. is you've got to be honest with yourself to be able to then improve yep. or, for a better word, fix something. The other thing I learned too, and this is something which I think is so important, not just if you go into a clinic or when you're dealing with someone um, with a mental health challenge, is, is there's a phrase kind of same, same, but different. You know, someone might go through a divorce or someone might go through a significant trauma in their life, but everyone reacts differently. Yeah. And, and you need to recognise that. So I think for me, when you are in that sort of environment, you start to understand how to deal with things and that sometimes there is no rule book and everyone does everyone manages things differently so that was something which i really picked up on yeah when i was in there yeah yeah absolutely can you talk about some of the strategies that you've you've adopted you, you touched on you know some that you may need to do again in continuing your journey if you like from north side and how you maintain your mental health Yep. going forward is yeah can you talk us through some of the strategies that you that you adopt and you know that you should adopt yeah going forward how does that how does that look for you yeah look i'm probably lucky in some ways because i run a mental health charity although i have a full-time job i am dealing in this area quite a bit i do get exposure to our program partners who are either clinicians or you know counselors or psychologists so i do have a good space where I can talk about these things quite openly and directly. You know, in saying that, though, there are some basic things I, I like to do. I try and exercise every day. And I, for me, the water and feeling grounded on the beach and on the sand and everything yeah. is really, really important to me. Yeah. So for me, I need to be down at the beach or near the water at least probably a minimum three to four, maybe five times a week. Yeah. I mean, over the holiday period, I was there every single day, regardless of the weather. Yeah. And I swim all year round, so whether it's okay. cold or not. That was my next question. Do you still do it in winter? Yeah, yeah. yeah we do in sluggos. Yep. Not, a good, not a good look anymore, but yes, in sluggos. <laughs> um, although yeah. Sydney's a lot warmer than um, some parts of the world. and yeah. But yeah, the water gets down to probably 14 degrees at its coldest. But yeah. So for me, that's a really, really important thing to keep me in check. Yeah, good. I am trying to meditate a lot more. And, and look, whether you want to call it mindfulness or meditation, there's a lot of different ways and forms. But yeah. for me, that's been really important to try and manage the way I react yeah. and to try and keep calm because mm. I do work full time and that's a fairly yeah, a very significant job. job too, I would imagine. Yeah, it's pretty full on. And yeah. also running a charity three young kids, et cetera. So yep. for me, I need to probably do more of that. Yeah. One thing I don't do, which I'm happy to share, because I think it's yep. it's something I need to improve on. I, I actually don't seek any regular professional support yep. or help. And with on, with what I'm exposed to and talking about mental health and well-being and suicide, mm. unfortunately, far too often, I've been reflecting on this for some time and I probably need to put in some regular support because yeah. I actually don't do it because I do get exposed to a lot of things a lot yeah, of people absolutely. probably don't deal with. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I certainly resonate with that given the, the work that I'm doing with mental health first aid and the awareness sessions that I do. I'm absolutely drained after some of those sessions. And yeah. yet I, I'm similar to you. I'm not actively engaging in some sort of talking therapy as such. And I know that oh, I've really got to get back onto this. 
And uh, it's interesting that, that, that you just said that. If we go back to your meditation and your mindfulness, whatever we're going to call it, presentness, how do you do it? Is it something that you do through like the Headspace app or is there, is there a technique that you've learned uh, maybe at Northside that helps you get in the zone of mindfulness yeah. or Zen or whatever you want to call it? Yeah, there's probably a few things. I think, first of all, it's probably worth saying I'm no expert in this area, but and everyone's a bit different. Yeah. So what works for me might not work for someone else, but to give everyone a bit of an idea, I actually really, I'm going to give a free plug here to these guys, but <laughs> there's a there's a lady, and it must be her partner, they're called Boho Meditation. Yeah. And there's a lot of free meditations you can do. I think they also have a subscription. Oh, are they online or are they? Yeah, online. There's dozens and dozens. And they also do yoga. They're actually really, really good. So it's boho yoga or boho meditation. I really like them because the meditations range from 10 minutes up to 20 minutes. And I actually like a bit of guided meditation and she's got a really, really nice voice. Yep. It does help because some of those guided meditations can be kind of a little bit challenging or irritating. So you've got to find yep. the one yep. that suits you. Absolutely. Yep. So for me, that works really well. And I generally do it either before I go to bed or down at the beach at five or six in the morning. So guided, short guided meditations works really well. Yep. But I also participate in some breath meditation and ice bath sessions. Okay. I do one a week and I want to try and do more. Yeah, and that's kind of employing some Wim Hof techniques. Yeah, but it's it's quite a quite more significant than just Wim Hof. We work with a couple of different groups on the northern beaches here, and it's sort of they do let's call it twenty to thirty minute breathing or breath work, oh, twenty yep. to thirty minute meditation, yeah, and then ice bath. How long so do it's you a go combination. The, what's your record in the ice bath? Oh. Well, look, to be honest, I can do up to three minutes, but they reckon anything anything between two to three minute, minutes is the maximum. Anything over three minutes, yeah. it actually doesn't have any material benefit oh, on you. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, and that's I'm not me saying on. that. That's actually yep. the research. But yep. look, if anybody's doing ice bath sessions, my understanding is it's got to be around four, five, six degrees is yep. kind of the optimum. Yep. And anything more than about three minutes is not that beneficial for you, I yeah, don't believe. Okay. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. I might be wrong on that. Someone yep. can correct me. but. <laughs> I'm sure um, they will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure someone will come in. Yeah, they will. Yeah. More more informed um explanation than me. Yeah. No, that's fascinating. And that's sorry, you did say that's with a an organized group that you do. You've Well, it's it's a, a, again a volunteer group, but these guys have trained in that area. Um one of yep. them's actually a really exceptional guy and and it's just this beautiful community we've got at, yep. at Little Narrabeen on the northern beaches. It's yep. it's a it's a great community of a couple of different people and Sometimes we get 10 people, sometimes we get 20 people. Yeah, right, okay. Okay. How do you, you promote open conversations amongst your either immediate network or wider network to promote those conversations around mental health? You've been very open today, so that's obviously not a big issue for you, which is which is fantastic. Yeah. We need more blokes like you. So how do you – is that something that you do, you try and promote deliberately, be it in the workplace or in your – various communities how do you approach that if at all yeah i do i guess to go back a step when i first came out of the clinic i was still embarrassed let's say yeah i still wasn't too sure how to talk about it even now some people at work probably wouldn't know the full extent although if they follow head above water and look at the previous interviews i've done and the videos and 
the content and everything else, you'll you'll certainly see a lot of information around this, particularly yep. with me. Yep. And, and other lived experience. But initially back when I first came out of the clinic and even when I started Head Above Water, I still wouldn't really talk about it too much in a work context. Mm. But I think as I've got more comfortable, as certainly in the last five years, there's been some significant steps forward around these conversations. Yeah. You know, I'm quite direct. You know, I'll, I'll talk about it openly. Yeah. You know, I certainly don't go around just bailing up people and saying, hey, this is my experience. But, <laughs> but certainly... Um, People probably, I do have a bit of a profile now. Yeah. I'm probably quite direct and I'm quite comfortable talking about it. Yeah. So for me, and as you know, dealing with people with mental health issues or challenges, certainly in a crisis point of view, you do, you do, you do need to be quite direct. Yeah, absolutely. So I take quite a direct approach. But at the same time, you know, I'm very cautious and very in tune with people who might feel uncomfortable. And you sometimes have that awkward, awkward silence yeah. or pause. So I do try and modify how I talk to people depending on how comfortable they are. Yeah. But yeah, I'm pretty direct about it. Yeah. You need to be. Yep. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Yep. And how do you encourage those men or women that may have an experience with mental illness, common mental illness, and are hesitant to reach out for help? How do you encourage them to do that? Look, it can be challenging because I think, mm. first of all, by nature, these sort of issues and topics have been taboo and people have been embarrassed, they've been hidden away. So I think, first of all, people just need to acknowledge that these conversations and opening up can be difficult. Yep. So so be kind to yourself. Yep. I think the other thing is you've got to have a trusted network and that's sometimes, or you, you need to have trust in those close to you, whether it's family or friends. And yeah. and by nature, most people, particularly men, don't really have those relationships. And I think there's a stat, something like only one in 10 men feel that they have trusted relationships to be able to have those conversations. Yeah. I think sometimes by a bit of trial and error, it can be hard to find those trusted people and friends you can talk to. I think once you do that, you know, you have those direct and open conversations, yeah. then it does become easier. But I think the hardest thing, Nick, is to find who those people are yeah. in your in your circle. Yeah. Yep, yep, absolutely. I mean, I'm lucky I've got several, mm. but most people might only have one. Yeah, you, you know? need one. Um, and, or they might not have anybody, and that yeah. can be really hard to, yep. to manage. And, yep. But what I would do is I'd encourage people have those conversations and to fail is not the right word. It is going to be hard and you are going to stumble. Yep. But yep. you need to persevere because there is someone out there, there is someone there who's going to be listening and, and will care for you and yep. you can have those open, honest conversations. Yep, yep, agree with you. So for you, you know, you've done such a remarkable job with setting up Head Above Water. What what other plans do you have in mental health advocacy around continuing this this fantastic work? That you're doing i saw something the other day on on linkedin i think it was with man anchor yeah man well man anchor yep. yeah so what other plans have you got to to help promote and destigmatize mental health so look, it's challenging because as a volunteer-based organization we're pretty grassroots but yep. what we have done is we've forged some really exceptional relationships with program partners yep. and i think what tends to happen nick is if you look at all the different organizations whether they're men's groups women groups you look at that mental wellness, mental health, there are hundreds of organisations 
around Australia. And there's a guy called Mr. Perfect who's actually come up with mapping all this. Yeah. And I'll try and send it to you if I yeah, can find please. it. Yeah. It's a really good overview. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is there's a lot of organisations doing wonderful things, but they don't collaborate well together. Yeah. Locally, I've been involved with the local Lifeline organisation on the Northern Beaches, and obviously Lifeline are are national. And they've been taking a bit of leadership role, and I've been involved in that, and I was lucky enough to be on a panel recently working with some professionals in this area from Area Health. So I think, for me, we will continue what we're doing. We will continue to work with our program partners, but we want to collaborate more with other charities. We want to collaborate more with with like-minded organisations. Yeah. To, to work together because I think, I don't know if I'd call it competitive tension, yeah. but obviously when you start to work in the charity space, there is a bit of competition <laughs> for the donor dollar. For the dollar, yeah, yeah. But I think there's a missed opportunity here where people need to let down their guard. They need to work smarter on how they can collaborate together yeah. because we're working towards the same bucket Absolutely. of yeah. helping to save lives and prevent suicide and yeah. to build mentally fit communities. I yeah. mean, it's yeah. it's... It's sort of simple in some ways, but very hard to achieve because yeah. everyone has the right intentions, but they don't collaborate well together. Don't so that's something guarded. I'm trying yeah. to chip away at. Yeah, and that's I've been fortunate enough up here in Brizzy to uh, collaborate with some remarkable mental health professionals. And you're right, yeah. there is there is a sense of competitive tension in there, but we're all heading in the same direction and we're a lot more open with each other I found recently. So I think that is a very big area. You hit the nail on the head that that element of collaboration within the same community of mental health advocates, not so much you know, clinicians or psychologists, we're yeah, just correct. advocates for mental health having been through lived experience ourselves. It's so important that we just push all that bullshit aside and get on with it yeah 100 percent. i mean there's like i said there's some really good organizations who are starting to take a more role as peak organizations or yep. peak charities yep. yep or government entities there's just not enough communication mm. and part of that is a bit of you know everyone's got their own little niche everyone has a different sort of proposition let's say yeah, but I think there's a great opportunity. And look, we're we're certainly from a Northern Beaches point of view. I'll just you know, which is also the broader Sydney area. Mm. We are working actively with a number of different organisations who are like-minded, yeah. either charities, and you could almost say um, participating in the same area. Yeah, and we are working together a lot more. And some of those guys are coming down to the swim. Yeah, and some of them I'm having formal meetings with to work out what could we. How do we work smarter together? Because at the end of the day, yeah. it's all about, you know, like I said, the goal is to prevent suicide, reduce it, yeah. and to make men- more create mentally fit communities. Yeah. Yeah, I love that phrase. Maybe you can take the, the swim up north. We can swim around Morton yeah, Island or something look, with the sharks. There, there's definitely an appetite to do something. I think the challenge we have is we are grassroots. And yeah. look, anybody who's listening out there, we'd love to um, get a uh, angel who would come on board and take us national and mm-hmm. help, help us scale and fund it but there's definitely an opportunity to even link in with some people you might know to see yeah absolutely even how we could help fund some of those less fortunate communities who might not have the means or the money or the workshops available to them yeah absolutely it's it's yeah that's just wonderful that's music's my ears i'm loving loving all this this is fantastic i am very grateful we've we've been able to to catch up today in terms of being able to reach out to you or 
you know, part of your your close network in in God's country of the Northern Beaches. <laughs> um, I love it down there. Yeah, how do people reach out and connect with you? Is it via LinkedIn or direct on your website of well, look, you can, yeah, there's a few different ways. Look, you, you can certainly go LinkedIn. That will come through to my personal email. If you go to Head Above Water, if you actually go Head Above, if you just put in your your browser Head Above Water Collaroy, yep, it will come up because there's a lot of mentions of us. And if you actually go into the Head Above Water website, you can probably provide to your listeners the email on there is admin at headabovewater.com.au, and that yep. will come to me. Gotcha. Okay. And that is actively managed by myself and a couple of the um, committee and board members. Yep. But anybody who contacts me via there will certainly come to me. And that's probably the best way to do it. Yep. Okay. And I'm actually looking at the website at the moment. There's a remarkably good photo of you in the in the water. Oh, Daniel I, Craig-esque. Okay, I, I was a little bit fitter. <laughs> Just saying, I was a little bit fitter back then. I um, that was six years ago. Right? Is that the photo I can use on the the podcast? Yeah, you can. I, I could send I can send it to you if you want to. Oh, want to make sure it's nice and crisp. Yeah, we, we can. Well, it doesn't need photo editing, mate. You're you're a good looking rooster, so that 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 works out pretty well. You've got the Austin Powers rug on your chest, so that that's good. We could we could certainly work with that. That's really good. I am an old school man. Yeah. That's the same. That might offend a few people, but. Um, no, mate, that's good. Uh, that's good. I wish I could have a lot of chest hair like that. My 13 hair. I know them all by name. It's all good. Mate, really, really grateful for today. I've got a lot out of this personally, okay. and and I'm sure that people that, that tune into the show may, may get a lot out of it as well. And hopefully, blokes that are listening will. You know, certainly take that that element of surrender, if you like, to to say, yeah, I, I've got an issue. I've got to go talk to somebody, even it is, mm. even if it is just their GP. I think that's really important. You're really opening up the door and helping quest of all of us to destigmatize it and, and reduce that that suicide rate. I think it's nine a day, and seven of those are men. Yeah, got a lot of work to do. Guys like oh, you, yeah. we the, the world needs more warties in in the world. <laughs> warties in their bodies. There you go. Um, there we go. That's that's what we need, mate. So thank you for all the great work that you do as a bloke that just watches you from afar thinking, wow, this guy's pretty exceptional. So thank you for what you do. And, yeah, hopefully get you back on the show another time when uh, some more events under your belt and any more advancements with that collaboration that you're doing. I'd love to hear more about that. Thank yeah, you so much no, for your time you. today. And I do realise it's a bit late in Sydney. You're an hour and a head, one hour behind in Pier and Brizzy. But, yeah, very grateful for your time today, mate. Thank you. Uh, thanks very much, and I appreciate the opportunity. I think the more we can talk about this and, you know, try and get rid of some of the stigma is incredibly important. I, I think the thing I'd leave with everyone is that, you know, you're not alone. There's yep. definitely help okay. out there. Yep. It can be challenging to sort, to seek that help sometimes, you know, if you can understand that. And it's sometimes hard to see that mm. when, you, it's you know, you're in those challenging times. But believe me, there is help out there, and I think there's lots of people who are willing to rally around others to a system that's probably the thing i'd leave with and yep. thanks again nick i really appreciate it mate absolute pleasure let's jump back into the elevator oh there it goes and that's it wardy has left the building well there were some really good takeaways there don't you think i just ran out of room taking all the notes from what he discussed today and i will put those on the show notes and encourage you to reach out and connect with him and support head above water and yeah that was just fantastic so really enjoyed it so we'll wrap it up there i think we'll get the helicopter going in the background there she goes
got other jets flying over as well. Uh, look, great show today. Very grateful to you all for your support, getting some really good feedback. And uh, I've got some exciting news to announce in the next couple of weeks. I did say last week that it would be a org psych this week, but that's been pushed back a week or two. And we've got some very good people lined up on the show to talk all things mental health and life in general. So have a great day, great week, whatever you're doing. It's been wonderful having you on the Bad O'Clock Show. Take care and look after you. Yeah, I think we'll leave it there. Yeah. Love it. Be good to yourself.